Welcome to In Him with Pastor Dan Wormuth of Joplin Family Worship Center, located on East 7th Street in Joplin, where they are passionate about sharing the freedom and forgiveness found in Jesus Christ. Now, here's Pastor Dan with this week's edition of In Him. I want to remind you today that God is calling us to sonship in ways that we probably have not thought about. You know, when a house like ours begins to hear a message on sonship, sonship then will get tested in you. Sonship is positional. It's not gender oriented. It's not gender neutral. Father loves his sons and his daughters equally. You will find that in the position of sonship, each and every one of us have been given and granted access to be seated with Christ in heavenly places. For a man to stand there in light of all the danger immediately facing him, we're going to kill him, we're going to kill him, and just smile and raise his hand. Sonship. It was beyond the point of him maybe denying his faith. He had to listen to the Lord and be willing not to try to out-talk the enemy and obey the word of the Lord to him. Sonship. Sons don't always understand why. They just do what Father says. How do you know that, Pastor Dan? Because Jesus said, I do nothing except I see or hear the Father say it or do it. That's what I do. If we would come into agreement with our behaviors and our words and our actions and our living with our Heavenly Father's unction, we would walk in sonship. How many arguments would just simply be overwhelmed if we knew how to just stand there and be still and smile? When we began the four pillars of a man's heart, it's pretty exciting to think about the power of uh the king pillar. Every man's called to be a king. You're called to rule your Camelot. We talked about how America was so enamored with the possibility of a Camelot come to the USA with John F. Kennedy in the office and the beauty of that family and his gorgeous wife and just the possibilities until a dreadful day when a bullet rang out and ended what seemed to be the possible dream of Camelot. The struggles that would happen for us as a nation, they were happening before him, and they've happened since him. If you're looking for a president to be your savior, you've looked the wrong way. So we weren't, even in the last election, for one person to become the savior, when there's only room for one on that cross, and there was only one There was only room for one in the tomb. And there was only room for one to come out the tomb. Jesus took care of business because the son is forever the son. And he was calling you and I to sonship, gentlemen and ladies. Ladies, I'm not leaving you out, but guys, I need to talk to you. That king pillar must be in place. You've got to rule as that person who loves. Our ruling is a ruling of providing giving what our our families, our brides, our children need. 
Brides not in the plural, I'm not Muslim, but brides as in all of us having our individual wives. Just for clarity's sake, you just never know who's got a burr under their saddle. It's going to take a word like that. Not here, but someone else listening by way of podcast, of course. So then you and I have been called to not only be a king, but gentlemen, we're called to be warriors. Can I get an amen? To protect our families, to protect our wives, to protect the things that God has established in us for them. We're called to be warriors, be strong. The next pillar that I want to introduce to you today is called the mentor pillar. It's pillar number three. Would you just bear with me for a little while? Go to Proverbs chapter four. We'll look at verse seven and eight. Proverbs four, seven and eight. I'll quote, if you don't mind, from the New King James. Wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom, and in all you're getting, get understanding. Exalt her, and she will promote you. She will bring you honor when you embrace her. When you embrace wisdom, wisdom will bring you honor. So we've learned that in the chest of every man is the heart of a servant king, servant king, to provide, a warrior to protect, and now a mentor to teach wisdom. I'm going to use my notes a lot today. Gentlemen and ladies, for that matter, the spirit of sonship anoints and facilitates a mentoring ministry in you for your family. Every man is called to be a mentor. A man of God will invest in those who are around him. Like you, I can look back through the chapters of my life I can give you a list of men who have impacted my life in ways beyond my ability to have time to share today. And it all begins, of course, with our dad. Our dad. Some are not fortunate enough to have known their fathers. Some have only been raised by someone else. Some have had poor examples of fathers, but... For Joe and I and our brothers, our dad was a real dad to us. There's a picture of him in my mind constantly in so many different components. That picture has multifacetedness to it. Our dad loved us boys. He cared for us. He disciplined us. The woodshed was a a regular visitation. (laughs) He taught us. Okay, so for all the counselors here, whenever a pastor brings up woodshed, some people's feelings kind of get hurt because they were abused. I know people were abused at the woodshed. But there's a lot of people abusing individuals in our society because there was no discipline. So certainly somewhere in the middle is the place called balance. Abuse is not discipline. Abuse is abuse. And this should not have happened. Our father never abused us. He never misused us. But he did disciple us. And not everything to be discipled had anything to do with the woodshed. Sometimes it was just a pause and a conversation about how that injured somebody or hurt them. But our dad loved us. He disciplined us. He would break his very back, it would seem, to provide for our family. He took time out to play with us. If you did not have a dad like our dad, I'm really sorry because you missed the hero of your life. 
you've heard it before maybe. Our father and mother went to Bible school to become missionaries to the Native Americans in the Mount Pleasant, Michigan, the Chippewa, Ojibwa tribe. Father and mother always just wanted to minister the gospel to them. So they moved. Someone donated and they moved an old trailer house to the property that they had acquired for the mission. There was an old schoolhouse there and church. It was one-room schoolhouse for many, many, many years and church on Sunday. Had a bell because um, Pat Wilson's brother, Tom Wilson, found a bell, brought it to us, and my dad hauled up in there, and they brought a rope, and they got the bell in there. So Sunday mornings, me and the brothers would ring the bell for church. Oh, what sweet memories. Um, that winter was really cold. And the pipes froze. And sewer was going off on the floor and the ground. Dad had to crawl underneath there. and He laid in crap so that he could fix the pipes so that his family could have decent plumbing for their lives. Johnny had been in an accident, and our family had been learning how to care for a special needs child. In our home of five boys, Johnny right in the middle, we just all learned how to pitch in and be part of it. And for some reason, watching my father not just love his family, not throw his hands up and say, God, why me, and run off, but just, just focused right in like a laser Loving his bride, working very hard. My father was bivocational. He worked full-time job and was pastoring there and caring for Johnny. Johnny would be home for the weekend. So from, from here to, it would seem probably almost Lebanon, Missouri, they would have to drive to go get Johnny from the hospital and bring him home for the weekends and then take him back. Our dad broke his back, it felt like. And I never knew it then. I didn't see him suffering. He, he, never, he never complained. He never grumbled. He was the king of his house, and he was the warrior of his house, and he was being a mentor of his house. I watched the way he loved his family. He mentored us by the things that he did, by the way he lived, the long conversations that we had dreaming together about ministry and our family's future and serving the Lord together and how God had a plan for our lives that he had plucked us out of what could have been to what God said, this is what shall be. And all we had to do was say yes to his plan. Of all the things, of all of these things, most importantly, I miss them all. How do you pick one component of what your dad was and say that was your favorite? Because tomorrow a different one would be my favorite. I miss them all. I miss the fact that when he was driving truck to make ends meet for the family while pastoring, that he would invite his sons one by one, different vacation times that we would have from school, and we would ride in the truck with him. Now, for any of you here who know any trucker songs, six days on the road and I'm going to make it home tonight. There with Waylon Jennings, whatever. And then Jimmy Swaggart, of course, because you got to sanctify the trucker music for a little while. And the Happy Goodmans. Dad had this plywood and he mounted his CB and his eight track player. 
Every song was a track, baby. Now you know how old we are. Pop that baby in and be singing and trucking down the road. Sometimes he'd turn it all off and turn down the CB. I mean, I'm telling you, I had the lingo down. Breaker 1-9, breaker 1-9. What's your 10-20? Got a 10-36 out there. I mean, you just, you learn all. I was in high school, and one of the highlights of my life was just being with Dad. When he had turned the radio off and CB way down, I knew he wanted to deposit, make a... You and I are called to mentor. Gentlemen, sweetest memories. So the school attempted sex ed, but they should have invited my father in. So my father has always been a gentleman. I remember my father, I wasn't even dating, I wasn't engaged. My father began to talk to me about life, relationships. Talk to me about the importance of that relationship. Always treating your bride like she is a lady. You don't think she's acting like a lady? Doesn't matter. Treat her like a lady. Treat her like the queen of your heart. If she's upset with you, she'll come around. Why? Because you set forth what your expectation is. The way he mentored our hearts, the way he deposited into our lives, the way he shared God's principles for everyday living. I am moved today with emotion, not out of grief, but out of the fact that in my dad's short life, 48 years, he made such an impact on Daniel Wormuth II formerly known as Danny Jr. (laughs) I just need to know where the men of God are today. Now, I know you're here because I'm meeting you. I see you. I see the way you're loving on your families, and you bless me. You bless me tremendously. But I'm saying I look out here in this world that we live in, and there's a whole lot of males walking around who are not being the king, the warrior, and they're not being mentors. God has called us as men to mentor our children, to make those deposits, to speak into their lives, to give them the challenge that they need and the encouragement that they need. I tell you, our dad was a wrestler. He wrestled in high school. I remember the evenings when all five of us boys would jump on dad and we'd be wrestling and we'd all start on top of him. And at the end, he was on top of us. And of course, when he was on top, he's also tickling. And then we would cry out the code word. You know the code word? No, mercy. (laughs) The moment we said mercy, he was supposed to stop. If dad did not stop, you know what I'm talking about, Joe. If dad did not stop when we cried out mercy, about the third time one would cry out mercy, mom would get up out of her seat. And dad would stop. Do you know why? Not because he was afraid of her, but because she and she alone knew where our father was ticklish. 
And on several occasions, he he did not stop when he should have. And mom got right in the mix of the whole thing. And to hear my dad roar with laughter, Joe, when he would roar with laughter because mom had found the spot and us boys would be just dancing with glee because mom had dad in a hold. I'm telling you, I don't know how much of that was just him enjoying her working him over or what, but I can tell you this. I love the way my father mentored. Our dad was the greatest influence on our life, especially in our early lives. He impacted us in such ways spiritually and emotionally, intellectually, even ministerially in development and the books he would challenge us to read and to look at. And there have been so many positive ways in which he made just such a an impact in our lives. But i got to tell you, there's also been some others that made deposits and mentored us. My uncle, Reverend Richard Thompson, was a huge impact in my life. One, because my father had already given him permission that if I needed a spanking while my dad was away at any point, my uncle was to be his stand-in. And my uncle just took him at his word. So... <laughs> my uncle loved us he cooked for us he made ministerial deposits into our lives that were amazing I'm going to name some names because I want to honor Jesus Reverend and Dr. Bill Heath Bishop Jack Skirvin Bishop Calvin Wilson our brother Michael Wormuth Reverend Hal Davis Dr. Roy Chapel, Pastor Byron Jones, Missionary Jean-Paul Ingler, Dr. Lester Sumrall, our professor and our teacher, Dr. Delron Shirley, Prophet Dr. Bill Hammond, Michael Barger, my personal best friend, Keith O'Neill, Prophet Lola Bird, Pastors Calvin and Rebecca Day, Apostle Barbara Yoder, Dr. Jack Ryan, Pastors Ernest and Willette Davis, Dr. Ed Cole, Dr. John and Paula Sanford, Dr. Larry Hunt, Dr. Keith Hendry, Pastor Bill Johnson, and Bishop Lloyd Nathan, just to name some of those names of individuals who've continued to pour into our lives and make in us uh, a picture of what God's plan would be for sonship. There have been some mentors, they never met me, but I read their books and I felt like I was at their feet, the feet of Jesus, as I was growing and learning from their teachings. In the truest sense of the word, my greatest mentors were those who spent time with me, ate dinner with me, cried with me, laughed with me, imparted wisdom, Proverbs, imparted wisdom, life's experiences. They were organic. They were transparent. They told me the things that they don't want to normally tell somebody. They decided to trust me with the hurt and the pain of their lives and show me how God brought them through. There are those who I will carry with, carry with me a treasure trove of information on how they got through. You'll never know what it was that they went through. I dare not ever break that confidence, but because they shared the confidence of how through the darkest of nights, God came through and turned the 
light on like a noonday and brought them a victory when they needed one. That wisdom now is beating on the inside of my heart. The mentor pillar is strong because someone dared to risk and trust me with how they got through, how Jesus held their hand, how the Holy Spirit lifted them up in the most difficult of moments. I'm telling you today that the mentor pillar is not weaker nor stronger than any other pillar. But without that pillar in your heart, you will find yourself incomplete, undone. The challenges of my life were overwhelmed by the wisdom they gave. Some of them would challenge my way of thinking. Some of them would get right in my face with that smile and look at me and say, Dan Wormuth, you're going to make it. What doesn't look like a possible way, God's got a way. I remember one man in my office through a very difficult moment. He looked at me and he said, thus saith the Lord, thus far and no more shall the enemy put his hand to this, but the Lord shall set it free. I broke and wept and said, thanks be to God who always causes us to triumph. Sometimes they just hold you when you're crying. You know, when your dad dies at 48 and you're all of what, 24 years old, and you just wonder, how will you make it? The anointing on the homegoing service was phenomenal, but it's the days that follow where you've got to try to figure out how you're going to do this. And those who would wrap an arm around you and not let go real quick. Come on, somebody. I'm talking about those people who don't care about that, that pretend sanctified side to side hug. Come on, somebody. There were some spiritual mamas that needed to grab a hold of me, pull me right up into their bosom and cry over me. When Willette Davis would cry over my life because she saw the hand of God and she would speak wisdom into my life. I need some spiritual mothers and spiritual fathers to rise up. This house is not the size it's going to be. We are a growing congregation. And as we grow, we're going to grow bigger by growing smaller. We'll have community of faith. We're going to have small groups that know how to mentor and coach and walk together and live life together. But we're going to mentor. We're going to disciple. We're going to put the core values that the Lord has put in our heart. In order for us to grow taller or wider, we've got to make sure the foundation is strong. And I'm telling you today, the power of a of deception, the power of a lie has been swallowed by way too many men. It's time for us to get rid of the spirit of unforgiveness and offense. We must take up the mantle of honor and learn how to honor again and walk in the power of honor. Honor has a reward. Honor is a powerful bulworth. When you need a breakthrough, find somebody to honor. God will knock down walls for your sake. These men and women have spoken to our lives. Pastor Sin and I have had the, just the greatest of friends. They know when to call, and sometimes they know when not to. Some of the best mentoring was not having people just kind of offer you another tissue to blow some fake snot. There's a time to just suck it up, buttercup, and get on with it. Some of the mentoring that's happened in our life, well, it's happened in a lateral nature, side by side. Some of my friends, my brothers... 
Just look at your neighbor and say this. Fathers, sons, brothers. Now, ladies, I promise I'm going to bless you because I'm going to talk about mothers and daughters and sisters. But, gentlemen, I need you to understand we need to learn how to rightly relate to our fathers, our sons, and our brothers. I grew up in a time where there were a lot of young ministers just wanting to do something good for God. And we saw that there were some of those older ones just just barely older than us, they fussed each other a lot. Can I have a witness? Are my PKs in the house today? You know what I'm talking about, where some of those men, you know, we grew up in a fellowship that everybody was called brother. Blessing and curse. Because we didn't, we, we didn't always learn how to bless and honor the person who was worthy of a double portion of honor. That's why I don't call him Brother Chapel. I call him Dr. Chapel or Bishop Chapel. I call him that because the man has been set apart by God and made deposits in people's lives that you'll never know about till you get to eternity. Ronald Reagan had him and Dr. Dobson and other men on a commission to find out the, the, the overwhelming impact of pornography on our country and our nation. And he and those other men had to do the research, and some of it was so grotesque. I remember one time him telling me, I wish to God I did not have to know about any of that in order to be able to bring the right information to the president. But the president was looking for a way. How do we stop the, the, this falling of the American family and the, the, the immensity of prisoners in prison today. And the one common denominator is that every man or every woman that's ever been on death row, the common denominator is pornography. Some of the wisdom that Dr. Chapel had shared with us through this journey of life, just making deposits. Sometimes he doesn't even know it when we're just having a conversation. And I'm like, that will always be a tool in my ministry toolbox for the rest of my life. That's what mentoring does. Sometimes that those mentors, we, we struggled with uh, identifying the role of people. And I go back to how sometimes we always called them brother when really we should have looked at them as a spiritual father. Call them by who they are. I tell you this, it's up to you. You call me Dan all day long. I'm only going to give you Dan. If you and I would learn to call people by what you want from them, Sometimes folk would come to me and say, Shepherd, they needed the chief shepherd. And so I just tag in with the Holy Ghost because I want to make sure it's the chief shepherd responding. Thank you for listening to In Him with Pastor Dan Wormuth of Joplin Family Worship Center. Listen to this broadcast again at KNEO.org. You can also download a podcast version of today's message by searching KNEO on iTunes. Joplin Family Worship Center is located on East 7th Street in Joplin and has ministries for all ages. They invite you to join them this week for Sunday morning worship at 10 a.m. and Wednesday evening service at 7 p.m. Find out more at jfwc.org or facebook.com slash Joplin Family Worship Center. Follow Pastor Dan on Twitter at Daniel H. Wormuth. Thank you for listening. And remember, in Him, you are free.